0: So this morning is not a preach. This morning is a consideration. I just want us to consider a couple of things. I I had this picture uh, just while I was down on the coast with my dad and with my parents. I had this picture of people setting goals for themselves, New Year's resolutions, and I think often New Year's resolutions are great, but if you go and look at the statistics of New Year's resolutions, something like 37% of people actually see them through. They last like 12 days and then everything's back to normal again. So I think, I think New Year's resolutions are great. But often when we, when we set these New Year's resolutions, we try and live so far there that the present is out of focus. And I felt the Lord say to me that he's wanting us just to focus in on a couple of specific things. And so there's, just a, there's two or three considerations that Angie and I just want to give you this morning. I'm going to open with a scripture now. But just to bring these things into focus. So if you have your New Year's resolutions, please don't, don't hate me. I'm just saying it's often better just to focus in on the present right now, what God has got for you right now, what you know right now. Because when you do those things right, just the basics right, it often sets you up to greater success. Amen? Yeah. And so just to, just to really put it clearly, John Piper, I read this the other day. He puts it so nicely. He says... You don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference in this world. But you do have to know a few great things that matter. And then be willing to live for them and die for them. The people that make a durable difference in this world are not those who have mastered many things. But those who have been mastered by few great things. And so what I wanted to say to you is, what we're going to share this morning, it's not a preach. It's 101 things. You're going to go like, sheesh, and I know this stuff. Great, but apply them to your life. Yeah. It's like simple things. It's 101 things. It's As you as you get to know Jesus, these are 101 things of the faith. But if we keep them in focus, our daily lives are in focus. And we live with clarity. We live boasting in Him instead of boasting. Trying to boast in our own strength and our own ability. Amen? Okay. And so... The scripture that I want to that I want to give you this morning is a scripture that I haven't directly preached from. I've read it many, many times, and I understand the context of this letter that Paul wrote to the church in, in 2 Corinthians. I understand it. And I understand that it's a very complicated letter. Gordon, Gordon D. Fee writes about 2 Corinthians and he says, he says something interesting. He says that. When you start reading the book of Corinthians, and especially Two Corinthians, it's like switching on the TV in the middle of a very complicated play. You don't know what's going on. There's so many aspects. There's so many dynamics here. Paul had a very, very tense, very tender, very interesting and colorful relationship with the church in Corinth. It wasn't, it wasn't just straightforward. There was pain. There was hurt. There was a defense. There was trying to, he was trying to explain to them why he had to change his plans to visit them. There's a lot of dynamics. And I'm not here, we're not here this morning to look at those dynamics. I'm here this morning just to bring your attention to something that caught my heart as I read this letter. So let's read together. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, Paul writes, he says, For our boasts, Is this the testimony of our conscience that we behave in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity? Say simplicity, say sincerity. sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so towards you. For we are not writing to you anything other than what you read and understand. And I hope you will fully understand, just as you did partially understand us, that on the day of our Lord Jesus, you will boast of us and we will boast of you. Paul is making a statement here. He's speaking and he's saying, if my boast is not enough, I need to testify to my conscience that I live towards you. That I lived towards you, that I didn't have any ulterior motives. You don't have to second guess me. My heart is for you. I lived with sincerity and I lived with simplicity. The psalmist writes in Psalm 20, and it says this. The psalmist writes, he says, Some trust in and boast in chariots and in horses, but we will trust and boast in the name of the Lord our God. Isn't that amazing? You're getting the theme boast. Psalm 30. Verse 2, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name. That's what we did this morning. We boasted yeah. about Him. Yeah. If, I, if, if, if I have to, if we have to entitle this, this, this speech or this talk on oh, considering these things, I think we would entitle it Jesus, our boast. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. our boast. Uh, I don't know about you, but for Anja and I, we always find January to be such an interesting month. And for, for a very simple reason, January is stuck between December and February. January is stuck between, we've just finished a year, and like many of us, you've had moments over December and now even the beginning parts of January where you could reflect on a year that's just gone by. And the more people I've talked to, the more I realize, the same way, I hear the same statement, Your 2021 was a hard year. 2021 was interesting. 2021, and just all these, these statements that we hear all the time, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a time, December, it's a time of reflection. January is a time of anticipation. And I, I don't know if you feel the same, but January for me always feels like it's this, this limbo land, stuck between reflection and anticipation. Like, like, should I still be reflecting or should I now anticipate? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? And it's confusing at times. And I just felt this morning that people might be in the same boat, in the same place. You're stuck in this place of reflection and anticipation. And I felt the Lord say to me, I need to pose a question to Upper Room because this question was posed to me. But the question is this, stuck between reflection and anticipation. Upper Room, what will your boast be? At the end of 2022. What will your boast be? What will your boast be? Will will your boast at the end of 2022 be the promotion that you might get this year? The bonus that you might get at the end of the year? The family achievements that you might encounter this year. Will your boast be all those things? And all those things are wonderful. But I want to say to you, there's a greater boast than the boasts that we can have in this world. And that is boasting in our Lord Jesus Christ and yeah. what He's done for us. Yes. Uproom, what will our boast be after our gatherings like this? Will our bo- Like even this morning, will our boast be, wow, that was such a good meeting. Or will our boast be it was a God meeting? We encountered God. We met with God. God spoke to us. The Spirit of God spoke to us and made Jesus alive in us. And I know Him better. Because I don't want to boast in a good meeting. I want to boast in a God meeting. Yes. Like This is a place when we come together. I read it this morning. We're, we're, we're two or more gathered. In the, there I am in the midst. Jesus is here. And He wants to meet with you. Amen. Now, my voice is really going away. What will your boast be, Aparu? Ask yourself this question. At the end of this year, what are you going to boast about? I want to boast in Him. You see, we live in a world that constantly lures people into believing that we need to boast about self. We need to boast about self achievement. We need to boast about. The wisdom of this world or the wisdom of the age where the self-made man or the self-made woman sits on the throne and the grace of God is often forgotten. I don't want that. I I want want him to be on the throne. And I want to boast that he remains on the throne. I don't think there's any greater boast than this boast that we see in Scripture time and time again. Like the psalmist wrote, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. My conscience makes its boast in the Lord. What does that mean? Boasting in His grace. Boasting in His provision. Mm -hmm. Boasting about His presence in our lives. Boasting about His sacrifice. Have you ever considered that? Well, I know you have, but when last did you consider and started boasting about the fact that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice? He did it on my behalf. Amen? And, okay. and so, there's a couple of considerations that Angel and I just want to give you this morning. And uh, I believe that these considerations, when we keep them in focus, it will bring us to a place where we will boast in the Lord. But before we give you those considerations, you need to understand something that there are two kinds of boasting that we see in Scripture there's an improper kind of boasting and there's a God-inspired definition of boasting. The improper kind of boasting that we see in scripture is this, it's to talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about your achievements, your possessions, and your abilities. You need to hear that again, or did you get it, you got it. This kind of boasting has its roots, its feature, its roots are in what? In pride. But I want to say to you, there's a boasting in scripture that is rooted in humility. And I feel like God is saying, Upper Room, I'm calling you into this kind of boasting. And this kind of boasting, rooting, rooted in humility, is when we are boasting in the Lord. Where our, our language is different. It's not, hey, we get Upper Room, we are just talented musos and We are great communicators and we do things like this. That's wonderful. But guess what? Overall, it's by His grace. It's by His grace. It 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 is He that empowers us. It is He that anoints us. The focus is not us. The focus is Him. Let's just get that right at our first gathering here. So boasting can be used in a good sense, but boasting can also be used... In a bad sense, like someone once said, the object of the boasting determines its nature. If the boasting or if the way that we are boasting is that we are boasting about God, it is commendable. If our boasting is is boasting about the commendable qualities of others, it is commendable according to Scripture. And God is calling this community to boast about him and to boast about what God is doing in other people's lives, in our, and in our own, own lives, because it gives Him glory. Amen. Amen. So the first key, or well, the first thing to bring into focus, and it's and it's in this word that Paul used. He used the word simplicity. I ask you to say that word, simplicity. simplicity, simplicity. Over December, my dad and I, they've got this patio set out in the front, um, overlooking their garden, and we were just having. This conversation, the shooting the breeze, and I don't even know how we got onto this topic, but I said to him, Dad, you know what, eh?" I said, life often intimidates me. Life often comes knocking on my door and it tries to intimidate me. And I'm sure many of you would agree with me. I I mean, you don't need a scary bouncer or someone to come knocking on your door for you to feel intimidated. You simply need to wake up in the morning and face the day. It, it often just intimidates you. There's things to do. You don't know how you're going to do them. It intimidates you. But I've come to realize something. I've come to realize that the greatest antidote to, to intimidation, to life's intimidation, to a spirit of intimidation, is when I come back to simplicity. Just come back to simplicity. Now, Anton, that, that sounds wonderful to come back to simplicity. But what does it mean? Firstly, it's this. It's don't go searching the answers to that which intimidates you in the wrong places. And there are three places where I choose to return to simplicity whenever I feel intimidated, whenever I feel overwhelmed. Right now, the moment you get, it it, it appears to be like this, right now, the moment you get a social media account, you graduate to expert. You graduate to guru. And, And often people fall into the trap of trying to find Answers to their problems. Answers to that which intimidates them to these self-proclaimed social media heroes. No, 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 no. There's something better. And I want to say to you, it's this. It is, I stand convinced that God has an answer to every of life's problems in His Word. And it requires a willingness from His people to return to Scripture. Very good. And it's not just when we face these times of intimidation. It's a daily thing. Yeah. It's opening scripture and saying, Holy Spirit, in scripture, won't you speak to me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading about this and it doesn't even apply to my life right now. But guess what? In a week from now or two weeks from now, what you read today might apply then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can stand on it. Yeah. Good. I stand here convinced that there's an answer to every problem in this room in scripture. And God wants to give you the answer. Yeah. We need to be word based. Yeah. I told you it's gonna be one on one. Guess what? Something that you don't wanna hear. There will be challenges this year, there will be hard hardships this year, there will be struggles this year, but how we navigate through those problems can be better. It's when we return to scripture. Anselton. It was not rusty. Okay. This is what rusty looks
1: like.
2: <laughs> no, no, I just want to say I love when Anton, I love that scripture that you opened with from Corinthians. And I don't know if, about you, but sometimes you hear a scripture as if for the first time, because it's it strikes you in a moment where you need to hear it. And so with this particular scripture, as Anton read it, it was like as I heard it, I realized how critical that scripture is to the day we live in, to for upper room and what we're about. I immediately felt both charged and overwhelmed, like, well, this is important stuff, this is this is important stuff, but I also felt liberated. Because when you get a scripture that basically gives you your marching orders, when you read a scripture that basically sets you on a course on what to focus and what to give attention to, there's something liberating about that. I know my mission. I know what God's asking of me. And so it's refreshing. And we really just felt in the scripture that the, in terms of what to boast and what how to boast and who to boast in, It's actually a beautiful instruction that we're receiving today from the Lord. Also, you said boasting about 900 times. I was giggling. But it's so beautiful. Like, it's not just for the season, but Lord, how do we make it our lifestyle today, tomorrow, next year, and the next year? How do I make boasting in you my lifestyle? And to that verse that says, we behaved in the world with simplicity, I just want to hover there. I just want to live there. We want to encourage you today, friends, to pursue a life that is uncomplicated. A great, the greatest compliment I ever got was from Rory Dyer, who leads another church, and he just said, "Angie, I love how uncomplicated you are. And I thought, Ben, you don't know me. No, but I've always heard that. I always remembered that and thought, I do. I want to pursue an uncomplicated life where the important things are always in focus. And so living with simplicity to the world, it's great. It's owning less things. It's pursuing minimalism. minimalism, And that's all good stuff. But what we want to present today is that that living simple that living with simplicity is to pursue simple, uncomplicated practices that keep Jesus at the center and, and focus. And I, I, I will say it three or four more times. This is not a new word. This is just a, let me realign. Let me throw off what has been distracting me in recent weeks. Let me realign to the word of God. Let me realign to what he says. So friends, what does it mean to keep diligent, simple, and un, uncomplicated practices in focus? It's get back to your non negotiables. Not 15 non negotiables, a handful of important non negotiables. Finding time to be in the Word every day, prioritizing it, leading a life of prayer, leading a life of Thanksgiving, having Thanksgiving on your lips as, as, as normal, not in the moment. We need to get past blaming busyness or work stress, or in my case, small hungry hippos who need a snack every 15 seconds friends we need to get past all that stuff and give Jesus all of our heart and i don't want to get into Anne's preach for next for next week but this is what i want to close with it there is a significant there is significant power in diligently keeping to a few simple practices yeah. that diligence promotes power it, it it speaks power like if i just diligently give my attention and my focus to these more important things than other things there is power in that and just in terms of keeping it simple just an example i have is Our older two boys are at a place now where they want to cultivate and establish a relationship with the Word of God. My first thought is, I need to give them journals with handles, and I need to find, you know, illustrated Bibles to make it relevant to them. And then I just felt the Lord say, no, 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 they have Bibles, Bibles like you and I. I just need to put that Bible, help them put that Bible in front of them regularly. And encourage them to read what they can, what they, want to, what they can understand. It does not have to be complicated. Sometimes we don't pursue it then because we make it so magnificently big before I can actually achieve it or get to it or focus on it. And, um, yeah.
0: It's when you'll come to realize that when we take the Word of God and we begin to honor God's Word in our lives, that the present day becomes in focus. Friends, God will never go against His Word. And it's when we live our lives as people convinced, convinced that God honors his word, that we'll live with clarity. Amen? So we keep God's word as a priority in our, in our lives. The, sec- the second thing with simplicity is this, is that I stand here this morning, I stand here convinced that there remains a godly wisdom available to those who will sort out counsel from spiritually mature, from those who are spiritually mature. God doesn't want us to live as lone rangers. When Paul wrote this letter, he, wrote, he writes to this church in Corinth and he's encouraging accountability. Mm. Friends, there's there's wisdom in this room. Both Angie and I have, have identified people in this room that we are living accountable to, that we are asking counsel from. Um, and you just answers. said it.
2: I was just going to say, we have found that the most freeing thing to have in our lives to recognize men and women Individuals, couples that produce, that are showing fruit in their lives in these areas. You will know them by their fruit. We've spent time with Pete, just saying, Pete, speak into how we run our finances. We had a meal with Oz and Jill, just said, teach us your ways, you've raised boys and you've raised them well. Friends, I wanna say about accountability, it's an invited thing. I can't just assume that I can speak into Carrie's life if she hasn't invited my voice. So it's a very important point to know. But what's so beautiful about an accountable relationship, and again, it's one-on-one, is it, but it creates this sort of protection and safeguard around you. I feel like we have nets, even around our marriage and our family, because we have asked people to speak into our life in different matters. Finance, parenting, relationships, work, personal growth, how to come to know the Lord deeper, all of these things. Recognize people in your life whose
0: fruit is evident. Another, another area of simplicity, but it changes the way you live your life, is this. Is I stand convinced, I live convinced. That the Holy Spirit remains the greatest counselor. So many people constantly just they go through the whole year living intimidated, living without clarity. And it's because and, and I'm talking about believers, and, and it's because they haven't they haven't learned what it means to walk in relationship with the greatest counselor, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. I tell you, if you if you come to this realize realization. That Jesus himself said to me, Jesus himself said to you, that I will never leave you. Yeah. I will, I'm going now. I'm going to send the counselor, the Holy Spirit to be with you. It changes the way you live your life. Yeah. You stop living intimidated. Yes, intimidation is still knocking on your door from time to time. But guess what? The paracletos is next to me. The Holy Spirit is next to me. He is, he is by my side and I want to live listening to his counsel.
2: Just to say about that, I don't. some of you may have heard me speak about a lifestyle of living light. And there's a, there's a couple of points to that. But to this point, when we practice our reliance on the Holy Spirit, it's incredible. You actually step into a less is more space because when we practice our reliance on the Holy Spirit and we literally hand things over to the Holy Spirit that aren't for us to focus on and give attention to, when we let go of those little niggly, less significant matters, actually we create space for Him to lead and direct our path and we create space to step into we actually get propelled into the more of god it's i've seen a beautiful thing when i have walked in victory in something it's because i've handed it over to the one who leads my steps the holy spirit who goes before me when i've handed that over it's almost like a wide open space is created that he then propels me into and i discover far more of the assignment of my life and i just wrote you that I, i feel friends and i absolutely include myself in this i've made some i've journaled some notes as i've reflected um, <laughs> how year by. I've made some notes for myself on the things I need to honestly throw off. They become shackles, in fact. And I, and I wrote to her that too many of us are involved in unnecessary activity in our lives. We have some unnecessary activity. Activity that has eaten into our time, our wallet, our headspace, and even our identity. Too much of my mind wakes up to those thoughts about that thing, or too much of my finance is dedicated to that thing. And there's this invitation from Jesus afresh to say, throw off that which is less significant. Declutter your lives of the things that are less significant, and you will hear my voice, and you will know my ways.
0: So, so if I say, oh, we are we a spirit-led people? Most of you will say, yes, we are. What does it actually mean to be a spirit-led people? What does it practically look like to be a spirit-led people? Because God, God God, is the Word. Jesus is the Word. He's always speaking. How does He speak to us? By His Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is always speaking. Always speaking. The question is, are we in tune to what He's saying? It's, it, it, it's that analogy of the radio. It's got white noise. And until I, I choose to tune it in, and radios have changed these days, but there used to be a, like a, a button that you would turn and it would go, and then you could hear and a lot of us are living in white noise. And we just need to tune in to what the Spirit of God is saying. And so, and so what does it mean? You wake up in the morning and you begin to acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. Even as I stand here, I'm aware of His presence. Even as I stand here, I can sense His anointing in this room. And you can, do, you can, you can, you can, you can experience His presence in your life right now. Just begin to tune into Him. It's by faith. How are you saved? By faith. How do you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? By faith. How do you hear from the Holy Spirit? By faith. So in the morning, I wake up. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge your presence in my life. Holy Spirit, you're the greatest counselor. You know every problem that I'm going to face today. And I'm asking you for your counsel. This is a preach all by itself. And I don't want to do this. But there's a, there's a moment here. And I feel like God, like there's a mental block that God is wanting to remove yeah. from you right now. To your ability to hear from from the Holy Spirit. Just tune into Him. Choose. The more you acknowledge Him, the more He will manifest Himself to you. Don't treat Him like someone living in the corner of of a room in the darkness. No, no, no. Let Him come into your life. Let Him speak to you. Amen? The second word that we need to focus in on is this word sincerity. And we're almost done. But Paul writes He says, We behave in the world... With simplicity, another word for that word simplicity is holiness. Just interesting. And godly sincerity. I love the fact that Paul starts this letter and he mentions his conscience. And I ask the question, why? And it's simple. Paul boasts. So how do you boast? You've got to say something. You've got to proclaim something to boast. Paul says, our boast is this, the testimony of our, my conscience or our conscience. Why does he say, why does he talk about his conscience? Because you can say something, but it might not mean anything. You can look at something, you can hear something, and it may sound good, it may look good, but your conscience will never lie. And that's what Paul was saying. You don't have to second guess my motives. You don't have to second guess what I'm saying to you. Deep, 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 deep inside of me, my conscience testify. Testify. I'm living towards you God is wanting us to live with a godly sincerity where what I say my yes is my yes my no is my no if I say I love you I don't want you to second guess that because my conscience testify that I live with a godly sincerity sincerity is tested listen carefully your sincerity is tested when you are out of the picture when the person of self is out of the picture Your sincerity is tested when no one is watching. Your sincerity is tested when you go to bed at night and you are praying for someone in this community without them knowing it. Why? Because you are being sincere. This is sincerity. Your sincerity is tested when you give to someone that is in need and they don't even know that it was you that gave to them. And I feel like God is, like we've got a testimony as a community Where I know people have given to people in need and helped people with meals and food and food parcels and all sorts of things. And they don't even know about it. But I'm saying to you, there's another level that God is wanting this community to look into. And it's a decision to to live with godly sincerity towards one another and towards Him. And so Paul talks about it. He says, I live towards you. I live towards you. But what does it mean to live sincerely towards the lost?
2: We were talking about it, and I realized quite honestly, friends, to live sincerely towards others, you'll know you're doing that if you feel it. It's not always convenient, it's not always easy, but it's actually a posture of your heart as well, to live sincerely towards others. Like, you might not always like what I have to say, but I'm um, sincerely, I, it's because I want the best, for you're not talking about me now, I'm talking about speaking truth, being people who love in truth. And if we can pursue, I was gonna say, but, if we can pursue and focus on these two things, simplicity and sincerity, then there comes a grace to do these two things well, to live towards others. And as an upper room community, we need to, com- or any community you're a part of, you actually need to live sincerely to the men and women in it. And, and we were saying that of this community, you guys practice that well, and we have honored you before, and I, and I trust we always will be able to. This is a sincere community who live intentionally yeah. and with purpose towards one another. And and can I even say that practicing practicing sincerity even leads to maturity, becoming more and more Christ-like. We want to be doing that. Part of Paul's boast was that he lived towards the church in Corinth. It wasn't always easy, and there were certainly challenges, but he had a desperate love for them, and he was desperately committed to them. How committed are we to one another? And what about Jesus? He lived with absolutely no false pretense, no false motives. He absolutely loved humanity. He is the ultimate example of the Father's heart towards us. And then I just found, I've heard a phrase over and over over the last while, and you've probably heard it too, it's, it's this phrase, holding space. I'm holding space for this person, I'm holding space for that person, and sadly in the world, that thing is distorted, and it's completely out of focus. It's, it actually encourages, to be, encourages one to be tolerant of all things, when we are a people that hold to a truth. But what I do love is some of these words in the definition, to be present with someone without judgment, to donate your ears and your heart, so not just your ears when you listen, but be empathetic, your heart as well, without wanting something in return. Yo, that's a challenge sometimes. We have this want to fix it, want to help mentality. Sometimes I just need to love. Yes, we carry the truth, but we need to build in love, friends. We need to hold space for those that are in brokenness because what? We were once there. We were once there. We seated here today because there were men and women in our life that held space for us. They loved us so sincerely. I thought of Tasha's testimony this morning. Did she not so obviously hold space for her aunt
0: and see what came about that? Yeah. And so friends, I just I want to end with this. And it's this, this last statement that Paul made. He said this, and this is his highlight. On the day of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: On the day. On the day of his return, we will boast about you as you will boast about us.
0: There's a living towards one another. His highlight, though, is this: it's the day that Jesus is returned. Of yeah. Jesus' return, that's the highlight. And I want to just, I want to end with that. And I, and I and I had this phrase come to me, and it's the phrase "protecting the highlights." Protecting the highlights, not your permanent highlights. Protect the highlights of life. Sorry, Stu. Yeah. <laughs> Protecting the highlights, and it's a, it's actually a, it's actually a, 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 a photographic term, where. When you expose your camera to a certain before you take a picture, you, you don't expose for the shadows you expose for the light because if you expose for the shadows, the light everything in the light will be out of focus. but if you expose for the light, that which is lighted up will be in focus and the shadows will fall away and often as, as people, we have this tendency to focus in on that which is dark, that which is negative, that which is, you know, the, the, the ugly. And, and I feel like the Lord is saying to upper Room, protect the highlights. Protect the highlights. Protect what He has done for you. Keep those testimonies before you. Expose correctly. Bring exposure to the correct things in your life. It's, it's to capture the negative thoughts and to make them obedient to Christ. It's to keep him at the center. Paul writes elsewhere. I think it's in Galatians chapter 6. Okay, somewhere in Galatians. He says, "He says I boast in nothing else but the cross. I boast in nothing else but the cross. He's the, he is the highlight. He's the highlight. Protect the highlight. He is the highlight. Amen? Let's stand. Let's pray together. Mr. McRindle, I want to put you on the spot. Can you come pray for us?
1: This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, Or the strong man boasts of his strength. Or the rich man boasts of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this. That he understands and knows me. Mm -hmm. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and right. Righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, Mm. declares the Lord. Lord Jesus, this morning, we come before you with our hearts full of thanksgiving. Because of the cross, Lord. Because of what you did for us, Lord. Because we were lost. We were headed to be healed, Lord you came and you died for us and because of that our hope is is complete, our future is secure and we boast and at the end of this year Lord our prayer will be that at Upper Room Our boasting is greater and greater as we've come to know and understand you, Lord.
0: Yes, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.